Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. <laughs> you know, this started out to be a five-minute Friday, but it is anything but five minutes. It's the better part of an hour, so strap in. I redid the introduction, but it's going to start off as a five-minute Friday. Just know that I shifted directions along the way. Hello, friend, and welcome into this 5-Minute Friday. Today, I thought I'd talk about some of the lessons that I've learned in being human. Now, this is coming from the context that we are a spiritual being immersed in the human experience. And in some ways, this journey as a human being is a lesson. It's a big education. Because there are epiphanies, there seems to be lessons that reveal the secrets of life to us as we pass through and go through our day-to-day as a mortal. And I understand that most of you listening are on the path to seek or experience the aspect of you that is divine, if not only to have a greater glimpse, but perhaps to have a greater experience of your connection to God, Goddess, all it is. Today's episode is actually a result of a meditation process that I was in this morning. I just got the impulse to start writing. And as I wrote, handwriting on a piece of paper with a pen, you know, in the old-fashioned way, in cursive, imagine that, in cursive. But it somewhat started out just like Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God. I wrote down a question, and that question was, what am I missing? It's kind of like, what is the puzzle piece? What is the, the clue? What is... What am I missing? And the response came back, nothing. And then I asked the question, what am I not doing? And the response came back, being. My next question, what is the shift I am to make to move to the next level? And then the universe responded, now that's asking a question. And the response was, be the cure. I'll explain what that means near the end of this episode. And so between here and there, I'm going to share some of the lessons that I've learned in being a human being. First and foremost is that we are hopelessly flawed, meaning that we are imperfect, but perfectly imperfect. I completely understand that now, but there was a time when I shuddered to think that I was imperfect. And so I projected out there, and this was my ego, I projected out to the world that I had it all together, that I had it all figured out. But that was at a time when your opinion of me really mattered, where the opinion of others, where I sought to have the good esteem of other people. And I didn't want people not to like me. On a fundamental level, I think most of us walk around the world not wanting that so-called rejection, not wanting other people to think ill of us. I think that's part of our natural animal aspect of having the herd mentality. We are a herd animal. We like to congregate with other animals, other human beings. Some of us have, you know, gone off to be by ourselves, but it, but I think we suffer as a result. I think we're meant to be alone at times and also is part of a group, part of a community. But one of the critical things that I've learned as a result of that, and I think more so the older you get, the less tolerant you are of living your life for other people, other people's expectations. Because you kind of see the end of the road somewhere. It's a lot closer than it was at the beginning. 
And so you realize or you make a decision. I'm no longer going to waste my life doing the bidding, the will of other people. I'm going to live my life for me. I'm going to live my life according to my own inner signals, be inner directed. And that's one of the things that I preach over and over and over again, that you are an individual. You're meant to be unique. You're, you are flawed. We are all flawed, but we can embrace that, that imperfectness and actually embrace the perfectness of our experience. While we may be imperfect or flawed on one hand, we have greatness within us. We have divinity within us. But this is the struggle of being human. We're constantly at odds of the, the, the fact that we are a human being. We're, we're an animal. We have an animal nature. And then we're also connected to the, to the divine. God, God is all that is, the infinite. And when we can embrace the infinite, it actually appeases and nurtures the animal aspect, the human aspect of us. It still surprises me when I talk to one of you all, when I, you come on board as a client or we end up having a conversation in some way, whether it's on Zoom or on the phone, I'm always a little surprised at when you're in awe or it's hard to believe you're actually talking to me in person because I just see myself as another human being having a conversation with another human being. But I get it. I, I get it because especially if you've been listening to, to me for a long time, you've had me in your ear. You think of me. You have a particular picture of me in your head. And no matter what I say, no matter what you see with me in the, out in the world, you're going to have the perception of me that you have. And it may match the person you meet on the phone or on the Zoom, or it may not. But because of that, that awe, that little reverence, I think it's important that you know that I know I'm flawed. Uh, sometimes I'm lazy. Sometimes I don't want to do anything. Sometimes I, I, I'm tired. Sometimes I have to motivate myself to do a podcast episode. I would rather just lay on a beach. I don't necessarily want to do the work. And then sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I get a little down, moody. And then other times I get it all together. I was just recently telling one of my clients, you know, if you were to watch me day to day, you would actually ask the question, this is a peak performance coach? Because there's many times, many hours of the day that it doesn't look like I, I know what I'm doing or that I'm very directed. But then other times I'm focused, I'm unstoppable. And I just get, I get more done within five hours than I could have all week long. I don't know if this is uniquely me or this is mankind in general or just part of the human experience that we're not mechanistic in nature. We're not necessarily designed to be rigid in our schedule, rigid in our flow. When we embrace intuition, there's going to be ebb and flow. There is a dance with time. Time is a mental construct. And so sometimes if we have low energy, it doesn't make any sense to push forward. It's more effective to, for us to gather our resources, to take a nap, to go for a walk, to get out and put our feet on the ground, to discharge the negative vibration, to come to a, a neutral point, a balance point to where we're open to receive inspiration, open to receive. See, I used to like to think that I was thinking the thoughts, that I was a great thinker. But over time, I've realized that I receive thoughts. 
I pose the question and the universe responds. And then it makes sense. And I start asking other questions around this idea. And it's more of a, a conversation with the universe. And then I get to talk about our conversation. It's not necessarily coming from me. It's coming through me. Yet what I receive is still uh, put together, translated, interpreted through my own lens, through my experience, through my my learnings along the way. <laughs> Fifteen years old. It's interesting sometimes how that just seems like a short period of time. And I'm not that old. I'm, you know, just over 60. But there's a lot of memories in the past. And there's a lot of remembering of times when I was not so elegant, not so wise, not so... Uh, I was oh so human. Let's say that. I was oh so human. Very flawed. And there were many, many poor decisions. And if I reflect back, those poor decisions were coming from a feeling of insufficiency, where I, I didn't want people to know that I was insufficient. See, now I can say I'm flawed, and it's okay. Before, I, I knew I was flawed, and I was ashamed of it. I came up with this quote that a fool knows he's a fool and is ashamed of it. A wise man knows he is a fool, but is okay with it. And so this is what I've learned about the ego, that when you come from the perspective of the ego, trying to justify the I am, who you are, who you want other people to think you are, then you will do things that are not in alignment with source. Because you're attempting to appease an idea that in your mind is insufficient. And so how do you deal with the ego? Because as a human being, you cannot not have a relationship with your ego. Because the moment you name who you are, that you have a life, a physical life, that is all the ego aspect. And so it's recognizing that, yes, you have an ego. And the real question is, is, is the ego using you for its own selfish needs? Or are you utilizing the ego for a greater vision? And so that might beg the question, do I have a greater vision? Yes and no. I have a vision right now, but I also reserve the right to evolve my vision, evolve who I think I am, evolve my experience as I go. So if you're listening to me today and you began listening to me in the beginning back in episode one or two, and we're now close to 300, you've probably seen or sensed that there has been an evolution. Maybe not. Maybe you haven't noticed because a lot of that experience is within me. But I have evolved. I've gotten better in some ways. I've gotten more refined in my expression. Some of my ideas have evolved. And that's been the, the nice thing about doing the podcast is that I present ideas, I get them out of my head, so they're not just you know, like mental masturbation. I, I get them out of my head and I share them. And as I'm sharing them, it's incumbent upon me to explain them in a way where they are understandable. And in that way, it's like writing, where you get to define your thinking or refine your thinking. And so that's okay. You might be asking, well, Daniel, would you share your vision? Oh, my vision, my mission on the planet is that I want to be a facilitator, be a facilitator for you to have a realization that you are divinity 
as a human. You are both animal and spirit. You are a spiritual being immersed in the human experience. And that this experience of being human is a grand, epic adventure. There are highs and lows. And if if the, at the end of our conversation, I want you to have an understanding, a knowing. Now, a diff, an understanding is different than a knowing. An understanding is knowing or having an idea of what it takes to ride a bike. A knowing is having the muscle memory of actually riding a bike, being able to maintain your balance. And in that knowing, you can never not know it. I want you to know to your bones that you are a spiritual being immersed in the human experience. You are flawed and you have divinity within you. When you embrace your divinity, when you have your ego, when you use your ego to fulfill on a mission from God, so to speak, when you open up to have this interrelationship, this conversation with the universe, then you are connected to source. When it doesn't matter whether or not you get the credit, then you will have a sense of peace of mind and a sense of satisfaction and joy within you. You see, I used to think it was my mission to be great, to make a big impact, make a lot of waves. And I may, but I don't need the credit like I used to when I was younger. It's satisfactory to me to put out an episode, to have a conversation, and have someone tune in and find that particular episode, and it was exactly what they needed to hear that day. And then others of you are going through a situation or have gone through a situation where you found solace in inspiration and motivation in the episodes. You connected with it. And those are the people, you are the people that I I want to attract. I don't have to appeal to the masses. The masses don't necessarily get me. And that's okay. One of the, the greatest compliments I've ever received, I think, Uh, To date has been, I was described as an enigma, a mystery, something puzzling, hard to to define. And I like the fact that I'm hard to define, and that could be my Scorpio aspect. But I've never, ever wanted to fit in a box. I never really wanted you to figure me out. I can remember when I was younger, a friend of mine had started going to a pub near where we were living, And he loved the idea that when he would go in and sit down at the table or at the bar, the waitress would just automatically come over and deliver his drink, the drink that he always drank, and put in the order for his meal. He loved that. And I was was happy for him. But there was a part of me that was disgusted with the idea that Someone out there knew me so well, or I was so entrained in, I guess, in my responses that they could, they would anticipate what I was going to order. And so I've embraced the idea of being a divergent thinker, of shaking things up. When I would feel like I'm in a mental rut, I would do something completely unexpected. And this is, this is the idea of doing a pattern interrupt, of interrupting a pattern, Personally, I believe that I grow exponentially when I do that, when I step out of my comfort zone. And I developed a whole philosophy around this, the art of living dangerously. And that is the art of shaking things up, of stepping out, doing things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. There was a time when I would eat pizza a lot and I had a particular way of ordering it. And then I would get on the phone and I got the impulse. Well, let's shake things up. Let's get everything on it, everything on the menu. Just put it all on the pizza. 
And then they would respond, you don't meet anchovies. And I said, yeah, that's part of everything, is it not? Put it on there. And so that, that was an enjoyment in an interruption to the pull of the ordinary and the mundane. That's something else that I've learned, that variety is the spice of life. Right, stepping outside your comfort zone, uh, pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone, feeling a little uncomfortable, or learning to feel comfortable, feeling a little uncomfortable. That, that is the spice of life. When, it, when you have these ongoing little interruptions to the ordinary, that's part of the epic adventure from my mind. That, that idea, that idea of adventure, gamifying, is another lesson I've embraced. When we can turn life into a game, when we can think of it as an adventure, then it never becomes dull, never becomes routine. We are in the process of growing, expanding, of not necessarily knowing what's around the corner, shaking things up. And uh, there, there is a natural pull as a human being to have a sense of constancy. And some people are more wired to that than others. I am more comfortable with difference in my experience of life than sameness. Some people like the sameness. They really like the routine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everyone's different. And that's, a, that's another lesson. Other people don't have to think like you. You don't have to think like other people. You can be an enigma. You can be divergent. You can be the, the head that pops up above the crowd. You can have the realization that there are going to be many people that don't like you. Many, many, many people that don't like you, that you don't, they don't resonate with you. But there is an equal number of people that do resonate with you, that do love you. It always boggles my mind when people come to me and say, I can't find anybody to love. Are you serious? There's seven, they, they say, and I'm not sure they're very accurate. They say there's over 7 billion people on the planet. In many regards, that number's made up. It's an estimation, but there's many factors that they're not taking into a, an account. And so I really question whether or not the world is getting as crowded as they say. And it's not to say it's not crowded, especially in some places, but you know, I, I don't think it's heading to where they're saying. Part of that's intuition. Part of that's just my mind trying to figure things out. But you can't find anybody else at a time where... People in general, people complain on social media that they there's a lack of connection. There's a lack of people to talk to. They they don't they feel alone in a crowd. That's your fault. I, I'm sorry. That is absolutely your fault. You could go out tomorrow, today, and have a hundred conversations with a hundred different people. You can go to the mall. You can go to all these different places. You can just walk into stores up and down the strip, have a conversation, introduce yourself, and say, I'm on a mission to meet 100 people today. But you do so in the understanding that other people, too, are starving for connection. They're starving for intimacy. There's, most people are on a subpar diet of connection with other people. And so all you have to do is start reaching out. Many times, there's people right in your sphere that you've created a particular image of in your mind. And so you think that your connection with them or your, their interaction with them is limited. But it's limited based on your perception. There is an entire universe 
inside the head of the person that you're living with, inside of your your spouses, inside of your siblings, of your cousins, of your friends. There are questions that you have never asked, never thought to ask, only because you live under the misguided perception that you know who they are. No, you do not. That idea right there, that you do not know all that you think you know, is a profound realization along the the journey of being a human being. All you know is all you know, and what you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know it. And so that becomes your blind spots. That's that's actually the, the realm of exploration that you can be in. And there is so many things that you don't yet know. The smarter I get, the more I investigate, the more I realize I don't know. And I don't have enough time on the planet to figure it all out. This is where another realization has come to pass, is that you need to pick your priorities. Now, someone that's highly invested in freedom, personal freedom, I don't like to be boxed in. And when we start assigning ourselves priorities, focuses, then that also limits some certain things. Every time we make a decision, we cut off another possibility. Decide is to kill off the other option. And so I actually understand some of my clients, some of the people that I talk to, they don't want to make a commitment. They don't want to make a decision because that means it cuts off other possibilities. Well, yes and no. What it does is give you a concentration of power. And you can focus on one thing for a while so your attention is not split. When you set off on manifesting a particular aspect, a particular condition, a particular event, that can be your total focus. And once that's manifested, once that that comes into being, then you can shift and open up to another learning, another adventure. But if you're constantly sitting on the fence, then neither going right or going left, then you're always going to be sitting on the fence. Your life is not going to take off. Your life is not going to have any meaning because you're waiting for inspiration. You you want to leave yourself open for different opportunities. Now, here's an exercise that I have you do inside my aligned self uh, where we recreate your self-identity. See, because we've made certain choices in our life, it has cut off possibility in other dimensions. There are other lives. If I had other lives to live in this life, there are other things that I would have had liked to done. I would have had liked to do, or I guess, I don't know, I'm tripping on the words at the moment. In my early 20s, I wish I would have traveled the world. I wish I would have been a vagabond of sorts, of just putting myself in different situations. Oh, that, to me, that would be just a profound adventure. That would have been a, a life that I would have liked to live. I would have liked to, to be single a lot longer when I was younger. Because when I got married at 25, it set my trajectory off in a direction that was hard to get out of. But if I could have been a lot more flexible when I was younger, a lot more open to learning experiences, oh, I can only imagine where I would be. And there's another part of me that would have liked to have been an artist, a painter, drawing. I've only dabbled in it. And I, I've had some things that have been pretty good. But I have that's a whole area of exploration. But then we have to pick and choose our you know, our avenues. There's a part of me that would have liked to have been a professional athlete. And then there's another life I wish I could have lived as a monk in a monastery. Any one of those would have been very dedicated, prioritized 
focuses of mind, body, and spirit. Now, what that tells me, though, in the result of this exercise, by identifying what we would have liked to have done if we had, you know, many lives to live inside this life, what could we, should we explore, we can take aspects of those lives and put them into this experience of life. And so I could embrace art more. I could actually set aside dedicated time to be expressive. That creativity is alive with me inside my coaching, inside my conversations, inside the podcast. Another aspect is I can embrace my athleticism and my investment in physical expression, be exercise, move weight, sweat. That is a very enjoyable aspect. And so I incorporate that in my life. Long story short, we are a multifaceted being, but we've made decisions along the way. So we can take elements of those other things. And again, this is attaching, and this has been a big lesson by form versus essence. Get connected to the essence of an experience, of an event. It's not the form of it. A good example of that is we don't want the relationship. We don't want the relationship. That's the form of connection. That's the form of some type of relating to somebody else. What we want most typically out of a relationship is we want intimacy, we want connection, we want camaraderie, we want to be understood. So there's different elements there that we are seeking. The as, That's the essence. And ultimately that leads us to a feeling of, of importance, of validating that I am somebody and that I'm lovable and have the capacity to love. And so when you focus on the essence as the ultimate goal, then you will not settle for just any relationship. And that probably has been one of the the bigger realizations is you not waste your time on relationships that are less than fulfilling. Now, understand if you're in a current relationship that is less than fulfilling, you call that into your life for one reason or another. If you're no longer the person that called that relationship in, if you totally changed, completely different, then you may want to let that relationship go. But before you do, I always think it's incumbent upon you, it's required of you to deal with whatever's going on inside this particular relationship because this is the arena that you created. This is the arena that you drew in. Because if you leave without addressing what's going on within you, wherever you go, there you are. So you're just going to take your problems somewhere else. You're going to take your misperceptions, your judgments somewhere else. This is why people that have been in one relationship after another seem to have a similar dynamic going on in every one of the relationships. And if you have a common theme or a thread that has run through all your relationships, maybe your problem isn't other people. Your problem is you. So you look at the circumstances you keep manifesting, keep attracting inside your relationships. So your first and foremost focus should be on healing yourself, not healing the other person. It's not their fault. It's your responsibility. But if you find yourself in a relation that is destructive, where the other person is manipulative, uh, demeaning of you, emotionally abusive, physically abusive, then leave, get out, do whatever you can to get out even though you don't have any idea what's on the other side. And I understand that that can be scary, not knowing what you're going to do, where it's going to happen, how how will you survive? 
It's because I've known people that have stayed in terrible situations only because it's familiar. And the idea of leaving scares them to death. They know what they're in. They know how to at least survive where they currently are, seemingly survive. The idea of leaving, being free, being unencumbered is too scary. I don't know what will happen. I don't know what to expect. Well, I'm telling you, it's always better. It's always better. It's scary. Sure. It's the adventure. That is the adventure. I don't care who you are. Nobody deserves to be abused. Nobody deserves or or somebody in your life that's treating you less than divinity. This includes a significant other or potentially your best friend. If you get one thing from me, I want it to be a complete intolerance, a complete intolerance to being treated as less than divinity. But I say that knowing that you are a flawed human being. My grandmother, my mom's mom, loved me to death. She just loved me. We were friends. But sometimes I would do something, behavior that was unbecoming, and my grandma would say to me, Danny, you're a little shit. (laughs) And it would always surprise me when she would say that, because she never really said it very often. But when she did, it caught my attention. And I realized I was having behavior that was unbecoming, unbecoming of my divinity, so to speak. But the difference in that idea is knowing that you have behavior that is unbecoming. But your character, if someone's attacking your character, who you fundamentally are, who you fundamentally believe yourself to be, your intelligence, your... And it's not to say that we're always doing the smart thing. But if they're demeaning you, putting you down making you feel less than in order to bolster their sense of importance. That's where you need to draw the line. You can admonish my behavior all day long. I can change that. You can change your behavior. But it's a fundamental aspect of who I am, especially if there's aspects that I'm proud of. If someone's demeaning that, why are they in your life? Why why do you have them in your life? And this is probably a good time to share another lesson that I learned in my life. I actually picked this up from Rosemary Altia. She's a psychic. I've never met her, but her writings and her audio programs have done a lot for my self-development. From a very early age, she talked about her psychic encounters, and I never had those visitations with ghosts at a very young age. She used to have ghosts show up at her bedside as a young child. I never ever had that. It was never ever scary for me. It wasn't until later when I had, you know, the spirit realm start popping in. But one of the things that her guide, Gray Eagle, said to her, Rosemary, be gentle with yourself. And that struck a chord in me when I heard it. Be gentle with yourself. I realized that I was not all that gentle with myself. I was hypercritical of my, what I was, my effort, how I was showing up. And in some regard, that was helpful. And I've had clients that have told me that they don't want to give that part up because that means they wouldn't push themselves forward. That's not true. You would actually be able to reach farther and go greater when you're gentle with yourself. You're not so self-critical. You can say, oh, that wasn't very good behavior or that wasn't a very good performance. But you can in the next breath say, 
You're capable of so much more. I believe in you. You can be gentle with yourself. And that's why I can say I'm a flawed person. I can be gentle with that aspect. It's not embarrassing. It's not like I'm a work in progress. I'm getting better and better all the time. My lows are not as low as they used to be. My highs are getting even higher. But there's, you know, the sky's the limit. But if you have an inner voice that is hypercritical, that's doing more harm than good. Be gentle with yourself. Accept your humanity. Accept your failings. Accept your desire to be good. And it's recognizing ultimately, because sometimes people come to me and say, I have this self-hatred. I don't like myself. How do you know? Because they have this inner voice where they're criticizing and they're putting themselves down. It's recognizing the benevolent nature of that voice. It's not very effective. It's not kind, but it's not your voice. It's a voice that you've adapted from a parent or another caregiver, a teacher. Somebody else had put that voice in your head as a way to motivate you to become better. The reason you use it with yourself is actually because you hold yourself in high esteem. You know you can do better. You know you are great inside. You have divinity within you. And so the effectiveness of that voice is not getting the result that it's that it wants. It wants you to be amazing. And this is why you need to be gentle with yourself. Because the gentle approach makes so much more available. It's more encouraging. It opens up possibility. So drop the negative talk. Just drop it. When it comes up, give it an odd name. And I don't, I, I, whatever's odd to you, and I hesitate to throw out any name because chances are somebody out there listening has the name. So it could be Horatio or uh, Herbert or uh, Al, or just pick some name off, you know, and it doesn't just say, oh, that's just Al being Al. And I, I say that knowing that one of my best friend's name is Alan. So if you just say Al, that's just Al being Al. And just put it in the third person. It's no longer you. It's not your voice. And so you create some separation from you. That's just so-and-so. That's just Albert or Agnes or you know, just pick a name. And it, it doesn't have to be demeaning. It's just, and I'm not talking about you if you happen to have that name. You just want to separate it from your own internal thinking that you picked it up from somewhere else. And you can say, oh, Al, be quiet and embrace the bigger part of you. Embrace your higher self. The divinity is all around you. See, we just connect with our divinity and reflect that back to us because it is loving us all the time. It has nothing but the best desire for us. It wants nothing more than our happiness and satisfaction. It is always projecting love to us. It is only in our focusing on our imperfection as that as if that's us, instead of just a place that we happen to be at the moment. If we embrace the growth attitude, the growth mindset, then we can get anywhere from here. We can become anything, be anything. At the core of your being, at the very center of your being, you strip away your mind, strip away the internal dialogue, 
strip away the, the perceptions of who you think you are, at the core of your being, you are, are nothing. You are no thing. And in being no thing, you have the opportunity to be anything, to be anybody. You can be one with everything. And so when you create your life, you can come from a sense that you are nothing. And that at any given moment, you are creating yourself based on the thoughts, the, the, the focus that you have in that moment. And if you want to change, and this is one of the greatest gifts of being human being, you can be one way for the last 20 years, last 25 years. And in an instant, you can be someone completely different. If you adopt the attitudes, the mindset, the thoughts, the verbiage, the walk of who you want to be. This is one of the, my, my most favorite quotes from Shakespeare. To assume a virtue, act as if you have it not. And so this comes, this, I love how the universe works. I love how my other than conscious mind works. I forgot that my original guidance from the universe was be the cure. And this is very much in alignment with assume the virtue as if you have it not. So be the cure means be health, be wellness. Don't be sickness. If I declare I'm sick, that's who I am. I'm fat. That's how I'm creating myself. I am health and wellness. This idea of being the cure comes from a story that I got from Wayne Dyer. He talked about how in the 17th century in China, it was very popular to have opium dens. And so if you had any amount of money, you would go to the opium den and then bliss out. They actually had a bed where you could lay on as they blissed out on smoking opium. And when you're high on opium, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to, you're just laying there in this state of bliss. Well, you can do that as long as you have money. But once your money ran out, they would kick you to the curb, literally kick you to the curb. They would throw you on the street and people would be lounging or living on the street up and down in front of these opium dens. And so the Shaolin monks would come in and gather up all these addicts and take them back to the monastery and teach them how to be the cure. They never told them that they were an addict. They said that they were divinity. They focused on the aspect of them that was divinity, that was health and wellness. Because when you focus on the lack of what you have, you get more of it. This is law of attraction expanded. When you focus on being the cure, being the solution, of being in alignment, of aligning your heart, your mind, and your body with who you choose to be, who you want to be in the world, then you can be no other way. And so for me, this morning, I was feeling all too human. I was embracing my faults. I was embracing my, my humanity, so to speak. And so what is telling me to, to act and move in a way, the fastest way to shift our mind, shift our emotions, is to move our body. When I say align your heart with your mind and your body, your heart is your emotions. Your mind are your thoughts. Your body is how you act in the world. 
The fastest way to shift our emotions is to move our body. Start acting as if. To assume a virtue, act as if you have it not. So you adopt the thinking patterns, the emotional set point or the emotional uh, connection to being the person that you want to be. And in that regard, you can be anything you want by adopting that, choosing that. So what I'm ultimately telling you No matter who you've been up until now, no matter how terrible you've been, you can change right this moment. You can create something completely different. Be completely different. Be the cure. To assume a virtue, act as if you have it not. As I said earlier, I have a grand vision. Not that that vision won't evolve. And so... In order for me to step into that vision, I'm the one that can deliver it. I can be the one. I am the facilitator. I am. I am. I am. I am. To walk across hot coals, you walk across as if you are a firewalker. There's a certain carriage. There's a certain demeanor. There's a certain focus. You focus on getting to the other side. The coals are just incidental. The obstacle, the the path before you is just incidental towards getting to the other side. It's getting through the going through. And on the front end of that walk, before you take the first step, you aligned your mind and body to be the firewalker. You align your mind and body and you take that first step. When you feel the alignment, you'll feel the pull. So don't take the action until you create the alignment. Once you feel the alignment, you'll feel the pull, you'll, you'll start leaning forward, and then you embrace the lean and step into it, and then focus on your destination. Focus on getting to the other side. Focus on your intention as if it's already done. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. This is all basic manifestation, law of attraction, but it, it impacts every area of your life. <laughs> I, I just have to laugh a little bit because this started out as a five-minute Friday. I want to put a different introduction on this as if it's a regular weekday because I don't want you to have uh, the expectation it's only going to be five minutes and it's uh, the better part of an hour. This is actually a potpourri of wisdom. And I, I guess that's what you get when you sit down and start channeling the universe first thing in the morning. So my friend, be the cure. Be the expression of the person you want to be, the person you choose to be. Screw the idea of who you've become or who you were. It doesn't matter how good you are. What matters is how good do you want to be. If you have a grander vision for yourself, be in alignment with that vision. Start making the changes in your life to be in alignment with who you choose to be. Stop having the conversations that are not in alignment with being the person that you want to be. Stop engaging with the people that are not in alignment with being or having the relationships that you choose to have. And if you find yourself separating from those, you don't have to be cruel. You just say, this no longer works for me. It's not how I choose to live my life. And in some ways, that's the most generous thing you can do. It might be a little crass. It might come across as rude to the other person, but it gives them a sense of honesty and truth of which they can respond to. If you show up in less than, I guess, truthful ways in order to appease a situation, to not rock the boat, it doesn't give them anything to move to or to shift to. 
But if you say this isn't working for me, and they actually desire to continue being with you, then they have the opportunity to change, to shift, to adopt a new way of being. And again, you're not going to admonish who they are as a person, just perhaps the behavior, how you're behaving, that behavior, that those actions don't work for me. I know you're capable of more. And if you want to be more, adapt, you know, adopt more, then this is what I'm choosing for my life. And they have the opportunity to up their game. It might be more than they're capable of doing, but at least you give them the choice. But giving them that choice is you being in alignment, you being the cure, being who you want to be, choosing the experience that you want to have in your life. This is Manifesting 101. It's Law of Attraction 101. When you are the cure, when you are the person expressed as your wish fulfilled, it is inevitable that you will draw the circumstances, draw the people, draw the money, draw the riches, the events, the opportunities to you that is in alignment with how you're being. That is law. Well, until, you know, this has been a potpourri of wisdom. I'm sure you have at least one takeaway in this episode. It is not a five-minute Friday. Definitely not. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>